Welcome to the Technoid Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Today's show is brought to you by Active Campaign. Go beyond email marketing with true automation and join more than 100,000 businesses like yours using Active Campaign by going to activecampaign.com slash technori. Get your first two months for free on me. Today's guest, John Wallace, is the CEO of Workbox, workboxcompany.com. Listen, if you listen to this show, you know how I feel about the evolution of the accelerator. You know how I feel about co-working spaces and beehives and all these different things. And most importantly, you know how I feel about corporate innovation uh, or lack thereof. Now, I think in the mid, you know, call it 2015, I thought corporations did a great job of starting to get involved in startups in that uh, they were just doing it at all. Uh, we worked with Capital One. We worked with Northwestern Mutual. We worked with a bunch of companies, Chase. We worked with a bunch of companies. Um, and, and the goal was to try to create a good, safe place for founders to develop their business. The problem is things go awry and there's sort of a, a land grab, if you will. And, and companies, corporations love to stuff their companies inside of their, their office somewhere. And that sort of negates the whole purpose of creativity, which is they brought you in to bring creativity in some regards and invest in you. But also um, you can't really do that when you're there because you absorb some of those cultural impacts. We talk a decent amount today about just how important it is to have an offsite and a place where the people who are managing the space or managing the digital space for you as a founder, that they're focused on the right things. They're not focused on trying to, to, to do something legal Zoom does. They're not focused on trying to do something that lynda.com does. They're not doing something that General Assembly does uh, or 1871 for that matter or any of these others. They're focused on what you need specifically. Otherwise, you would go somewhere else. You go to Workbox because you are looking to raise capital or you're looking for strategics or whatever the case may be. And their focus, which I think is really smart and given John's background, you'll see, uh, is obvious. Understanding why and when and how your company should go about raising strategic capital. And that's just one of many things that they do. And you listen to the rest of the show and you'll find out the rest of it. But I, I cannot stress enough as a founder, the need to give up a bunch of equity and pay to go to an accelerator that, especially right now with COVID, you can't even go to. It's like going to school, but you can't. Uh, worthless is what I think, but that's, that's just my opinion. I don't think that you as a founder should be spending time, money, and equity on a, a thing that you should, if you're smart, learn on your own. You can go on YouTube and learn a lot. I learned a lot on Coursera and YouTube and others uh, thinkful, many other places, uh, who is also on the podcast. So if you dig what we're talking about, you should check out the thinkful podcast. It's on Spotify. Um, I just think that you can learn that anywhere. And if you could find a partner who would basically bring you under their wing and say, here are the people you need to talk to. Here's how we go about it. That is more valuable. The shift of how we accelerate companies is well in place. And COVID really, uh, it only did good for it. It just accelerated the process of being like, oh, okay, so wait, I'm not, I'm not just spending three fifty for a desk. Okay, so I can do this anywhere. I, I thought I needed to be in a room to meet people. You don't. You just need to know who to meet and get the intros and meet them on your own. That's the whole thing. So uh, you will learn that. You will learn a lot more. This is my interview with John Wallace, the founder of Workbox. Hey, Scott. Uh, Workbox is a co-working accelerator. Um, and our business model is really providing resources uh, to our member companies to help them scale. So our uh, typical customers are founders, executives, entrepreneurs, uh, companies anywhere from one uh, to 20 people. And we provide them things like access to capital, uh, strategic services, 
mentorship and, and a community of other founders. So, I mean, you know, this is obviously an interesting time for anyone in this space. Um, but I, I also, like I was talking to the, the founder, co-founder CEO of Industrious the other day, and he was just talking about like how insanely interesting the opportunity has been for them to be able to reconfigure what makes them valuable and how the future of working is going to be, which is, is like crazy, like to give context to listeners, like it's such a crazy thing to, it's like almost driving a car and being able to pull the engine out and work on it while you're still driving. And that you <laughs> never get to do that ever in business where you can stop like dead and fix things and like reconfigure and actually re-educate people on how they want to do it because they, they don't, their attention is fully on you. So I'm just curious how things have changed and looked from when you guys kind of first launched and were kind of rolling to pre-COVID and, and sort of what you see the future looking like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's a couple different layers to that question, but as far as it relates to Workbox, um, you know, we always saw ourselves as a service business first and kind of real estate second. Um, we felt that, you know, the only way we could really uh, differentiate ourselves was not on real estate amenities and things that are kind of easy to replicate, uh, but on services and product offering. Um, so, you know, pre-COVID, um, you know, our strategy, our, our, our services that we were trying to provide to our members was very similar. So, you know, access to capital, um, mentorship, all, all the things that, you know, we provide as part of our accelerator membership. Um, um, but in the physical space. So we were hyper-focused on, you know, River North, Chicago, where our first location was. And what we realized in COVID is that, you know, we're providing a lot of these services virtually anyway. Um, why not open up the market to, you know, beyond Chicago, um, you know, anywhere in the U.S. really. So, you know, as part of COVID, uh, we were able to launch a new remote accelerator membership and we've got great interest and uh, several signups already. Um, and, you know, it really didn't change our business, um, but it allowed us to, you know, think out of the box and provide services uh, to a customer base that we weren't even considering uh, pre-COVID. I love that. And I, I actually want to dig into this conversation a little bit here and then we'll, we'll walk through sort of the experience, whether it's online or, or not uh, with you guys. But I have, so dating back to, what are we at? 20, I guess we'll say 2017, end of 2017. You know, Technori has this kind of unique situation where we were an event and then, you know, we were always a site, but it was an event and it was a community and we did the podcast and turned into a radio show and all this kind of stuff. And we have so much deal flow and I have all these different connections and it, it, the number of people have come to me and said, hey, you should either get a space for yourself and like sub it out or use the resources that you have, uh, both mentorship, like real founders who've actually had exits, uh, who would love to do this, um, and, and also raise capital. And you can make money in uh, several ways beyond rent. And it doesn't have to be equity in companies. It can be, as you know, it can be any, any number of, of things. And I really dug into it and I wanted to get into this kind of accelerated mode because that's sort of what I do. I look at the companies that come through us and some of them I put money in and some of them I don't. Some of them I get behind and, and drive a little bit and some I just, you know, point them in the right direction. And I, I was, we were doing like kind of a competitive analysis and we're looking at like, you know, the best, right? Y Combinator and others. Um, and, you know, my friends at Generator, I talked to them a lot and, and I, I just felt like there was this shift. This is way before COVID, obviously. Uh, I felt like there was a shift 
where spaces, and I mean no knock in 1871 because they were a huge part of, of, they still are a huge part of Chicago, but I felt way too much time was being spent on skills that any founder who really truly wants to become great could acquire. You could go online, take classes. You could go, you know, take meetings. You could do all that legwork. What they didn't have and what they couldn't get on their own was someone to tell them, this is important now. This is important later. This person could be a huge benefit later, but you're not ready for them. Don't waste their time because you will shoot the bullet too early and have that kind of guidance and bringing capital for them that is strategic. It's guys who are girls, guys, whatever, who are looking to invest in things like them. And, and I've, I've seen a couple in Workbox is certainly one of them that got the memo. And before they even really got off the ground, were designed to be sort of your back office in a lot of ways. And I, I'm just curious your take on that and, and what you saw heading into it and, and how you guys lean into helping people and how you can leverage. Yes, sure, you can come to River North and you should and, and work out of it once things you know get back to normal, but we can help you now in so many ways. And so I, I just love to know like your thought process around this and sort of where you lie in that, in that discussion and obviously uh, you know, how things are going and how, how it works. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're connectors. Um, our companies are a little bit different than maybe like an 1871 or some of these other incubators where, you know, they're still trying to figure out their MVP, um, you know, where their target customers are sitting and kind of developing a strategy. Most of the companies that are coming into Workbox already have some uh, revenue. They definitely have a product. They definitely have an idea. Um, and for those kind of businesses, um, you know, th their needs are kind of all over this, um, all over the map. So it's kind of a choose your own adventure. Um, and we kind of provide it in kind of three buckets, you know, the mentors, um, are, you know, we have a small group of mentors. We're not just adding mentors to add mentors. We want people that have actually had, you know, successful exits or can add uh, a lot of added value in a, in a certain business vertical. Um, we have, um, you know, our capital partners, we have about 30 angel and VC partners on our platform already. Um, and we provide some basic programming just to make sure that our companies are set up for success when they're having conversations with our capital partners. Now, our capital partners are not obligated in investing in our companies, but it's different than on a conventional accelerator where you have one opportunity to kind of uh, meet the expectations of the accelerator and get um, an equity investment you know, we're doing it over like a spectrum. So the more capital partners that we can get on the platform, the better. And then we're providing, um, you know, guaranteed interaction with those investors that can come, they can, you know, generate an investment. Um, it might help give feedback on how um, they could better uh, position the company, or it could lead to another introduction somewhere else where they get capital. Um, and then the other uh, portion of our business is just strategic services. And, and I think you hit it on the head when you said, you know, really operational services, you know, we go kind of live by the 80, 20 rule, you know, 20% of the, um, uh, the business are our company's business that are in our space are stuff that we can't advise on. It's IP, you know, it's technology that could feed way over our head. Um, it's integrate, um, or elaborate, uh, business strategies and things like that. Um, but 80% of every business is, is operational and tactical. Um, so we try to provide, you know, vetted resources that they can choose, um, if they need in digital marketing and legal and, uh, bookkeeping and 
pretty much anything that you would need to run the business. Because um, my view, and you know, as an entrepreneur myself, you know, you need to be focusing on that 20%. Um, and if you're spending time on bookkeeping or things where you don't add a lot of value or that don't add a lot of value to the business, you're actually really hurting hurting yourself from a growth standpoint. Um, so that's kind of how we've structured it. Um, and every company is different. So some companies might need more operational services today and then capital down the road. Some are hyper-focused on raising right now. Others just need uh, the network. And I think um, we do a lot of programming here to make sure the founders are talking to other founders because oftentimes that's the most valuable resource we provide. You know, We're agnostic to sectors. Um, but I think because our founders look at things through different lenses, we just find that there's a lot of uh, benefit from, you know, facilitating collaboration between these different founders. Um, and, you know, we've had founders invest in other businesses within our space. Uh, we've had introductions made where, uh, you know, really has doubled revenue for certain companies. And I think that that's just a valuable resource that we provide. I completely agree with you, obviously, in just about everything you said there. I think, the, the part that has always interest me <clears throat> is like, as an entrepreneur, if I, even if it was miserable, which most of the time it was, uh, I, if, I, if I could work with a person who's very successful, very high energy, very, not, they're not all assholes, obviously, but you get in, you get tied into some people who, you know, be just because of the nature of their business or the stress or whatever, the environment is not exactly uh, the, the healthiest. But I got, exposure to so many people, to so many high level discussions and opportunities that I never at the stage I was at would be involved in and got to see how the, the, the books are cooked. Like I got to see how everything is done. And I think, you know, the most valuable thing I got out of my working in offices with very well, you know, well-established entrepreneurs and, and business people, CEOs, was I got to see what happens when they, when they hang up the phone you know, when you leave the office, like, what did they say about that person? How did they reply or respond to that person's pitch? And that's the stuff that I learned the most from. So when I look at this, it's like, if there were a way to create that same experience with a healthier culture that did not feel so toxic at times, and a lot of the toxicity is just that you're trying to do one thing and they're doing another, but you know, they want you to benefit them, right? So you have to kind of swing all over the place and that just makes it hard. And, but you, if you're focused, it works. You guys seem to be creating an environment where it would appear I could rub shoulders with several people, whether it's in, in, you know, in person or not is really almost irrelevant. I could have conversations with people on a regular basis that would give me insight into what it's like to be in this position next year or five years or 10 years. Um, and you would be able to sort of level set and tell me like these people, you know, I don't mean you necessarily you, but like people within the group, uh, to level set me like these are people that are going to be important and valuable for these reasons down the road or right now or so on and so forth. So I, I think that this is really, in my opinion, is like the future of family office is, is to kind of decentralize and to use systems like Workbox. Yeah. No, uh, we agree. I mean, I think that there's just, and we're actually in conversations with some corporates as well that might have uh, portfolio companies that they haven't completely, uh, that they don't want completely out of the mothership, but um, they just believe that there's a lot of benefit from, you know, cross-pollination between other uh, startups because I think there's a creativity and there's a way of doing things that uh, entrepreneurs kind of understand. And, you know, just adding those perspectives can, can kind of open you up to opportunities you might not have known existed before. 
Oh yeah. And like to pile on the corporate thing. I mean, I've, I've talked to dozens of corporations on their venture side and I've always sort of was miffed at the fact that like you're trying to capture creativity and capture innovation while also stifling it at the same time <laughs> by housing it inside of your house and also forcing that we must invest in these companies to make them portfolio before we house them. When in reality, I always felt like you should have an offsite, uh, call it a, a nanny, if you will. Uh, it's like a daycare for you and I who are now uh, parents of young children. Uh, you take them to a daycare where they have all the proper nourishment and they're healthy and they can grow and they don't have to see the world as it really is. And then they can come in, you know, on a monthly or quarterly basis and we can all sort of work together and learn and see what they're learning and what they're working on and spend a day together and then get, send them back out again. And, and it's a great opportunity if it were me, if I were running, you know, I'm just name dropping. If I were running Northwestern Mutual, who has a really uh, interesting program actually in Milwaukee, it, I would sponsor companies that I did not invest in that may not even have anything to do with my business, but I might share the common user or you know, whatever um, and just have them have access to this because we supported them. And then down the road, if they get to a position we want to invest in, we can do that for whatever reason during the like late, you know, eight, not, you know, what is it? 2018, 19 and into now, I feel like a lot of corporations have taken this like, well, we invested in a portfolio. So now we have to do this or that versus we just provided them with access. And if we want to invest later, we can, you don't have to. Yeah. So I, you know, I think this is a potentially, it's obviously great for entrepreneurs, but I think it's potentially a really interesting tool uh, for corporate, especially if the corporate groups could tell you like, Hey, we want you guys to, to build a, a program around, you know, these couple of pillars that are kind of our thing, but otherwise, you know, do your thing, which I, I just think would be, it could be a massive vertical for you. Yeah, no, I think it, uh, it, it's exactly what we're trying to do. And we find it from both ways. So you have it from the corporate side that you try them to not, you try to allow the companies not to become the corporate because that kind of uh, stifles the creativity side of it. And then we have um, companies that are graduating out of accelerators or incubators. We have a relationship with Founder Institute where they're, you know, gung-ho, they're in, they're in this program, you know, they're around um, other, you know, VCs and, and investors and, and founders. Um, and then they leave um, and then they end up in another co-working space or, you know, in a garage and they kind of lose that edge. Um, so I think for companies that are actually growing out of incubators or accelerators as well, you know, I think your probability of success is much higher if you're surrounding yourself with other people doing the same thing, kind of lifting you above um, you know, what you would do, be doing on, by yourself. So, you know, we, we, we see both sides, both benefits, but I think that there's just, um, you know, there's just a benefit from, you know, being in an environment where there are others, you know, working towards a similar mission. Oh, totally agree. So what is, what is, what is your background? Like, how did you decide this was, this was what you want to do? Cause it, it's always, I, I mean, this question is of course in almost every show I do, but at, at the same time, I find it fascinating because I think of myself and like my journey and I'm like, how did I end up here? I have no idea. <laughs> and, and it's like, I want to say like, oh, these like thing, like when I look back, I'm like, oh, these things lined up. But in all reality, nothing really lines up. And I look at a guy like you and I'm like, so at what point were you like, here's an opportunity. I could do this this way or I could do it that way. And you chose this way. I'm just curious what the background was and, and what led you to this. Yeah, so uh, my background is in real estate and investment. So I worked at Brookfield Asset management for about three and a half years here in Chicago, um, involved in their investment management equities business um, on the real estate side. 
Uh, prior to that, I was with LaSalle Investment Management for about 10 years. Um, I helped uh, run an office in Hong Kong and in Amsterdam for about seven years. Um, and then, you know, investment and sell side research here in the U.S. prior to that. So uh, always have been involved on the investment side um, and then always covered kind of listed real estate. Um, and, you know, this idea kind of came to me uh, a couple different ways. One, you know, I looked at the co-working space and, you know, at the time, you know, there was a lot of headlines going on with WeWork and, you know, all their uh, fixed uh, cost risks that they were taking and, you know, how that model when you're kind of trading revenue short term and you're borrowing you know long term you know just that being the recipe um, for disaster um, you know I really thought about uh, the co-working space and, and thought that the you know uh, there just wasn't enough alignment between landlords and operators um, and I'd also covered uh, the lodging space so I was well connected with uh, management teams at Marriott and Hilton and I thought this was a great opportunity to kind of combine the operating model and lodging in uh, co-working and you know align revenue with liability uh, so that was from a real estate standpoint um, and I thought that there was a great opportunity there. And, you know, we had some early investors that were very interested and knew me from Brookfield and, and LaSalle that thought that this was a good idea. Um, but then on the other side, I figured, um, how would we differentiate ourselves and, and provide a service that's actually meaningful? Um, you know, and there's some great, um, you know, you, you spoke with Industrious and, and there are some great large uh, co-working brands out there. Um, but I didn't feel like they were really differentiating themselves uh, beyond, you know, kind of replicatable, uh, you know, real estate kind of amenities. Um, and I looked at my background and I thought we could add an actual service that was relevant to, you know, a demographic within the market. And, you know, we thought that if we targeted startups, so, you know, bootstrap uh, startups anywhere to series A really, um, and provided resources that were difficult to replicate um, because they were required a little bit more um, specialization um, and just focused on that, um, that, you know, we could offer a combo of, you know, a, a, a partnership that worked well for landlords and better aligned operator owner um, interest, as well as a brand uh, where, you know, we focused on my background, at least initially, and we've since had some key hires of, of people that can help kind of um, elevate the services that we're providing to our members. Um, but that dual um, uh, kind of service and uh, structure uh, was why I kind of got into the business. Very cool. So yeah, basically what you're saying is uh, if there was a guy to do this, it's you. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I don't know about that. To be continued. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I appreciate that. I, I think, um, you know, I, I'm not dissimilar from you. I, I was a real estate background person. And I, I looked at startups similar to like nuisance properties. Like they have all kinds of upside and they have land. There's something there, uh, but they're missing, you know, capital to clean it up or they're missing, you know, whatever the, the big chain, big box store that's going to draw eyes to it, whatever the case may be. Um, and so for me, to most people, they look at me like completely illogical that I'm in this position. And yet I look at it like, this is the most obvious thing ever. Uh, you're one of those people mm -hmm. who I think, you know, it, it's kind of a similar thing. Like you, you see, how things are made on the other side. You see how the money's made. You see how investors look at opportunity. And that's one thing that the founders, I think, will always struggle to do is to figure out why am I valuable to this guy, but not this one? And they yeah. both invested in companies like me, 
but this one likes me, this one doesn't. And it's a, there's a very finite difference. It's almost like understanding how a mortgage broker buys your, you know, gives you a mortgage and then sells the loan. Like that's how they make money. They don't make money on giving you a low interest rate. And that, that's a good point, Scott. I mean, I think with my background, you know, I'm, I'm still heavily involved in the community here. We do a monthly mastermind with all the founders, which is kind of a, a problem solving uh, or challenge solving exercise with all the founders. And it's a great way for everyone to kind of open up and talk about um, issues that they're having with it within their companies. And, you know, surprise, surprise, everyone's having the same struggles uh, as an early stage uh, founder. Um, but um, when I originally started the business, I was like, we'll just provide access. So, you know, we'll get uh, VCs and angels on the platform. We'll provide these great startups. And we seeded this space with, um, you know, six really strong companies at a university of Chicago. Um, and we'll just introduce them to the VCs and it'll all work out, you know, perfectly. And then just through that, those, um, you know, mastermind, founder mastermind uh, meetings that we were having, I realized really quickly that there were some, you know, really smart companies here. You know, you get a computer science major out of Stanford that can do tech. He talks about things that I, I can't even understand. Um, but when he started talking about getting investments, I realized there was like a knowledge gap there and that we had to do some basic programming uh, to make sure that these companies were set up for success. Because oftentimes these companies do have really good business models. Um, they just don't know how to sell it um, with kind of an investor uh, mentality. So, you know, we did have to provide that and, you know, it, it makes everyone, it makes the company look better. It makes us referring the companies to the VCs look better and it makes the VCs happier because, you know, they're the companies that are coming to them are a little more polished. I think all of them will be much better for it. Uh, I appreciate that. I think it's, I, I think that's the missing component. I think a lot of people talk about raising money but they don't really do anything more than, well, I know people who are investing and it's like, well, yeah, there's a little more to the, to the equation than that. So uh, I yeah. think this is awesome. I, I love what Workbox is doing. Um, how do people learn about it? Where do they go? Uh, whether they want an office, is it open yet? Or again, I shouldn't say yet, but like, is it, is, is it active now given COVID? And then how do they learn about the online program? Yeah, absolutely. So it's all on our website. If they go to workboxcompany.com, you know, they can find out information about our business, you know, how we're different, our different product offerings, you know, whether they're looking for just space to be around other founders, whether they need more accelerator member services and are looking for space, or if they're just purely interested in the remote aspect, um, it should be all on our website. Um, you know, they can fill out a form on the website or reach out to us by email um, at info at workboxcompany.com and we'll be back in touch with them. Very cool. Well, I appreciate it, John. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to us. Great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Of course. And as always, anyone who's listening to the show, check out Pitch Reviews, uh, hashtag Pitch Reviews. You can just go to Technori on Instagram or at Katoon on Instagram. Uh, I post a lot of stuff about startups, as you can imagine. Um, check out the show. I think people will dig it. We're, we're doing companies that are all raising money via equity crowdfunding on Republic right now. Uh, I invest in all these companies and we try to demystify what it's like to be a retail investor in startups. So check that out. Uh, I guess that's the show today. Boom. That's a wrap.